All right, welcome back. As always, I'm Michael Jeffries, Wellbeing Director here at HMSA. Um, here with me, I have two very special guests, Brooke Miller, founder and CEO of Honey, as well as Karen Evans, Director of Corporate Consulting for Honey as well. So thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So Honey is a pretty revolutionary thing in a lot of the HR world, figuring out ways to balance work, balance life, especially geared towards kids, especially people that just had kids transitioning back into the workplace and people that are about to have kids. So before we get into it, kind of just tell me a little bit about each of your backgrounds and sort of how yeah. you guys got to collaborate. So Brooke, you want to start? Sure. Um, so I am a licensed psychotherapist. I've been um, working as a therapist for about 13 years. And when I had my first daughter um, seven years ago, um, I realized how much I didn't know and how important it was to be supported as a mom. So I really shifted my specialty from working with teenagers into working with moms and, you know, created um, a lot of different did a lot of different trainings and and jumped in in that way to learn more, um, and so it shifted into when I moved to Michigan. I was really searching. I was pregnant with my second daughter about five years ago, and I was searching for support that I had cultivated in California. Okay, um, I I didn't create anything in California myself, but I was just part of moms groups and things like sure. that. So I moved to Michigan. I really couldn't find what I was looking for, and so I jumped in and created it. So as a therapist, um, I wanted there to be a mental health aspect. Um, and as a working mom, um, at the time, uh, not only was I practicing psychotherapy, but I also am a writer. So I was doing some writing. Oh, cool. And so I was trying, I was always looking for spaces to write and coffee shops and things like that and having babysitters to come over and do that. So the co-working aspect really excited me about having a co-working space with childcare on site and co-working as a market was beginning to gain traction. Um, so the combination felt really new. Um, and so I melded them together and began. And then Karen and I met within that process. And um, she can obviously talk about her amazing self, but essentially um, what happened um, with our relationship was we just started working together and collaborating and the things that I was learning at Honey and the things that she learned as a corporate working mom and the experiences that she had, we, our kids were in school together. We were together on a snow day for a play date and we started huh. revealing to each other what we were working on, which was this corporate consulting piece. She was working on it on her own and I was working it, working on it under the umbrella of Honey. And we looked at each other and said, do you want to compete or do you want to collaborate? <laughs> and a our partnership was born um and we're uh we complement each other really really well and i've just loved learning from her and working with her we have very different backgrounds so i think that's so cool i think what she's all her awesomeness <laughs> yeah the fact that you had, you recognized a problem and yeah. then immediately we're like how do i fix this problem yeah and then just kind of sit there and be like man i really hope something comes along mm -hmm. to fill this gap you yeah. know you went out and did it and obviously found an amazing partner in karen and, and karen kind of talked to your story a little bit yeah absolutely um i am also a mother of two um and um i am not a therapist i'm an attorney mm -hmm. um which some people would argue is maybe the opposite in some ways <laughs> so i'm trying to break some stigmas um i'm a licensed attorney here in michigan i'm also um a college professor and um, just 
heavy into doing research. And so when I have experiences, I tend to go out into the academic literature and say, is this what's happening elsewhere? It's a topic I'm really curious about. And so um, when I had my first child, I was um, a full-time program director at a university, um, loved my job, loved all the people I worked with, loved building bridges. So it was considered funny for me to go across the campus and talk to people in the engineering department or in the architecture department um, because we sort of would stay siloed. But I knew everyone everywhere because I always believed that collaboration fosters and can create so many beautiful results than any one silo working together. Um, and that combining diverse expertise is what's important in any kind of innovation. Um, when I had my second child, um, I was still with the university, but my um, relationship with my supervisor became very different than anything I had ever experienced. It became really sort of negative, and people use the word toxic a lot, and I think sometimes it's overused. But it was it was toxic. It was I was being told how much other people in my department were getting paid, which oh, was wow. less than me. Um, <laughs> I was getting told that my job of teaching and researching and going around campus building these relationships was no longer appropriate, and that my job would be to sit at a desk from nine to five taking phone calls and doing emails. Oh wow! Um, which isn't I didn't study that in law school. <laughs> um, and so I just felt sort of my spirit being broken. I felt my professional um, ambitions sort of being eroded. And when I sought you know, counsel from amazing women in my organization who I looked up to and still do as mentors, you know, they had gotten to where they had gotten. So I sought their advice, and this sort of advice was just to wait. Wait five years, maybe that person won't work here anymore, and mm -hmm. you'll continue to thrive after that. Um, you know, just sort of sort of suck it up in a well-meaning way was the message. But for five years. For five years. <laughs> and when you have a it's child, an infant, uh, five years is unimaginable because one hour is five years. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up making some really hard decisions, took some unpaid leave. Um, in the midst of this, my daughter, who had just been born, was quite sick. Mm -hmm. um, and we were worried that maybe there was a brain injury that had happened or a brain oh, wow. abnormality. And we weren't able to get her tested for at least a couple of months. So there was a period of time when I went back to work where she had been out of the hospital for only three weeks. Um, and we had this upcoming appointment in a month. So it was a month of 30 days waiting to know, is my baby healthy or not? Oh, goodness. In this environment. And so I left that experience sort of thinking that was my experience. I went on to do other things. I'm very entrepreneurial. But through talking to other women and other moms along the way, I learned that was not just my experience. Those particular circumstances were mine, but the idea of having a really hard transition going back to work, mm -hmm. of having a workplace culture that maybe doesn't understand what it really means to come back to work, okay. it made me curious. Um, and so I dove into, like I do, academic research, and I read study after study from around the world, Australia, England, America. This is a global problem, is what mm -hmm. I learned. Um, and so that's what I was starting to work on and piece together. Um, I did a TED Talk on the topic at TEDxGVSU um, about the motherhood, penal motherhood penalty. Um, and then that's, again, when Brooke and I started working together. And then we had that snow day. And she's like, I'm kind of working on corporate <laughs> consulting. I said, I'm kind of working on corporate consulting. And you know, she has this amazing background, this amazing ability to relate to people, these amazing innovative ideas. And it was, why wouldn't we work together? Yeah, We're going to be so much stronger together than we ever could have been separately. Yeah, we were both we were both coming up against challenges doing it on our own. For sure. Um, because I, you know, Karen dives into the research and studies and really benchmarking and understanding and educating. And I was leading support groups and understanding mm -hmm. the emotion behind it all and the raw stories behind it all and sort of the gut feeling behind it all. And so combined, I think we're, we've been able to really thrive. And I think that's one of the things that's so amazing about you guys is not only practice 
practicing, you know, what you're preaching and really living in it. But there's like an amazing slogan on your guys' website. It said, motherhood is not a competitive sport. (laughs) And sure enough, you know, you guys didn't just try to like, you know, beat (laughs) out one another. You (laughs) were like, hey, let's join up for the betterment of all the different people. So we're going to talk just a little bit later about the corporate consulting side as well as the reintroduction to work because Mm -hmm. it's such a huge component. Um, But Honey itself, besides just an idea and the corporate consulting element, it's it's actually a physical space. Yeah, it's a physical space. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so Honey is a physical center um, in Ferndale, Michigan, and it is comprised of three parts. Which is, one is a co-working space with on-site childcare. So essentially, similar to other co-working spaces that many people have seen popping up in droves lately, um, it has a you know a community space, tables, desks, kind of things. Um, we're adding private offices for rent, and then on-site is childcare. So we focus on moms who are there. Um, they can jump in and connect with their child anytime they want during the day. They can breastfeed. They can they can pump. They can whatever whatever. Mm-hmm. It is, um, and um, and so it's a really really beautiful connected uh, community. And then the other piece is mental health, as mentioned before, is a really important piece of it. I think um, is part of what makes Honey very different is that our mental health training and programming is really robust and a huge part of the things. So we have moms groups going on all the time, day, night, weekend, and then um, a therapy team where we provide individual and couples therapy focused on parental mental health. Um, and then the third thing, I you know, I, it's a fancy name. It's called <laughs> Everything Else. Um, it really is like parenting plus. Sure. So we have fun events and classes. We have a, a workshop coming up this weekend that I called How the F to Sleep. So nice. it's a sleep, you know, holistic sleep coach coming to speak. Um, we have, you know, we have breastfeeding services, massage, and all different cool stuff. So, nice. um, so that's sort of the third aspect of it. But yeah, it's a physical space and essentially everything that bubbled up and all the conversations from all three parts of what we offer um, is what is, is it, it was at the foundation of the birth of the corporate piece that we're here talking about. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. And it sounds crazy because the idea, as you mentioned, of work co-work space is popping up everywhere. Yeah. But there is nothing geared towards working parents, the staying at home parents, either right. one of those options. Right. And it's one of those things that I know when we had a previous conversation, it just seems so obvious and it's why hasn't it been done before? I know, Karen, you're the research expert. Had you <laughs> seen other places that even kind of like tried to do these things where you guys got the idea from? Or was this all just new? Because I haven't seen this before. There's other, and you can speak better to the timeline. There's other places that currently, um, in, in other, I don't know anything locally, but other thing, other places, uh, you know, farther away um, in larger cities that okay. try to integrate some of this idea into it. But this was certainly the first in Michigan because I actually used to benchmark co-working spaces um, for um, a, a consulting job I had before. Um, and so I would say that none of those that I find, I went all through Chicago and a couple other cities and nowhere did I find this. Yeah. Um, and this was certainly the first of its kind um, in Detroit and really um, anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there are some in the past maybe two years that have popped up around the country um, that really branding-wise are so incredibly different, and I think um, not in a good way, not a bad way, just mm-hmm. different, um, that their focus really is uh, first is childcare. 
Okay. And second is uh, co-working. So it's just a different perspective. My uh, foundation, like I said, is mental health. So I am not a child mental health specialist. I'm mm-hmm. a perinatal mental health specialist. So I work with parents. Um, so when you walk into Honey, as you have, um, you right when you walk in, it doesn't feel like this is a place where kids are coloring. It's very no. <laughs> adult. Um, it's a very adult space. Um, Actually, it feels like someone took my Pinterest board yeah. for my like modern living room and made it a reality. It's Pinteresty in a very good way. It feels like a hybrid like yeah. yoga studio, yeah. like very chic, almost shop like mm-hmm. when you first walk in. Um, yeah, I wanted it to feel like very spa-like and an oasis. I wanted, I didn't want moms who were stressed out at home to recognize anything physically at Honey that they see at home. Okay. Like, you know, too many toys on the floor or things like, you know, things that, that overwhelm our, our sensory system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, so I think it's popping up. I think that to, to your question, the reason why maybe it hasn't popped up faster or sooner or, or more often, um, I think is because in order to run a space like this, you, I believe, you have to really be in it. Okay. You have to really, um, and and by in it, I mean emotionally. You have to be in that season, um, okay. or else it just becomes a stark business. It's like, it's like going to any corporation and just throwing a childcare in a room in the back and assuming that it's going to work. And maybe it will. That would be cool, mm-hmm. you know, right? But um, we experience a lot of moms who have been through a lot of different things, loss and you know, anxiety and depression and and things like that who are in this space. So we come to it from a mental health perspective. And I, having two young children, am so in it with them. I understand I'm right there. Um, I'm experiencing these things in parallel alongside them. Um, It's weird to think that now I'm sort of growing out of that chapter that I serve because my kids are not older in terms of, you know, in general, but older than, you know, they're not babies anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I think that when you're in it, you are also, as we know from perinatal mental health, you're also really tired and overwhelmed and trying to figure it out. And I think that, you know, I, I think that there was a combination. There were the, the recipe worked out for me. Um, I come from a very entrepreneurial family, so I've seen risk being taken. I've seen, you know, my parents sort of jump into things and try. Um, So I've watched that, and I feel safe around that. And then as a mom and as a psychotherapist and as an extrovert. So I think that all the ingredients sort of combine into this recipe that put me in a position where I couldn't stop thinking about it. It Mm -hmm. was the probably not the wisest thing to start a business at the time of my life, right? <laughs> um, it's turned out to be a great decision. But um, but at the time, really, nothing pointed to, yeah, this is smart. I mean, my husband was like, what are we doing? You know? <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Well, there also seems to be, you know, Thankfully, a new paradigm shift that's starting to come about a little bit more yeah. where, um, you know, people are changing with their attitudes for people that are, you know, having kids and coming back to work and people that are working from home. You guys just got done doing an amazing training. And one of the lines that, you know, I believe, Karen, you said was, you know, before in the past, it was, you know, Amy from accounting or Dave from marketing have a kid and then everybody comes back to work and we just pretend that that didn't yeah. happen. 
Yeah. And that that wasn't a huge life-changing event. Mm-hmm. And another line from your guys' website that I love, and I know I'm quoting your website a lot, but it's the importance of taking care of the people who make the people mm-hmm. um, and kind of having that lifestyle change. So I yeah. kind of wanted to shift the topic a little bit to that reintegration from work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we don't have a space like Honey where we can kind of work from home and have yeah. that nice, safe workspace, you know, what is some of the big challenges of integrating back into the workplace after you've had such a big life-changing event? I think one large challenge um, is this term I've been calling it um, family-friendly washing so, or parent-washing. So there's this term in environmentalism called greenwashing, and okay. it's where companies pretend to be say that they're environmentally friendly, oh. and then they're actually not. Okay. Um, or it's in ways that are more to their benefit than to really the benefit of the environment. It's called greenwashing. And I am kind of a concern around companies doing this towards, par- towards parent employees by saying we see a lot now of branding as we're family friendly. Okay. We support parents in the workplace. Um, a big challenge for reentry is if you work for a place that has that as their message, you have an expectation. Um, and as Brooke said earlier in the training about the expectation reality gap, if you th- believe and are told this is a family friendly workplace, but then there's no resources in place, no system in place, no program in place for how do you transition back to work, um, there's going to be a really big um, problem there when your expectation of family friendly is not is not met. And the reality is you're sort of left to figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest reentry challenges really is um, often employees have to figure it out for themselves. Okay. They have to go to the right boss at the right time, ask for their leave in the right way, um, look online on the website themselves, try to find the right forms, <laughs> hope they're doing it correctly. Um, and that's a lot of labor to yeah. to do on top of your job, on top of having to plan for your transition. Um, and that makes re-entry difficult because you had to do all that yourself. You don't feel as supported coming back to work. So that's for one sure. big challenge. So, you know, like you mentioned, kind of feeling sold, the, you know, feeling get sold a false bill of goods, basically, where mm-hmm. if somebody says in the interview, we're a very family-friendly company, and then you come to start a family and feel like they don't. Before we talk about like, the more of the re-entry process, do you think there's some questions that potential, like, employees should ask their employer um, instead of just taking their word when they're like, oh, we're very family friendly, we're flexible. Is there anything specific that you think people should be on the lookout for so they are getting a true family friendly company? Yeah, I would, I would ask specifically, what are your programs? What? And I would say if, if, if in an interview, the person interviewing you is saying we're a family friendly company, I would say, what does that mean to you? Yes. Oh, okay. What does that mean to your organization? And then how does it manifest? What does it look like? What kind of programs do you have? When do those programs begin? Um, do they begin during the, the pregnancy stage of okay. life? Do they continue? Does it include my pet? Does it include my parents? What is you know what does family friendly mean huh. to you? I just met with a company um, who are we're talking about consulting with them and she said, I have to admit, we are family-owned, so we use that term all the time. Family-owned, family-owned, which eludes to family-friendly, she said, but we have nothing in place. Yeah. Nothing. It's like calling a food natural. Yeah. There's actually no guideline for a natural food, right. but people throw it out. It's like, it can vary yeah, by culture. Yeah. You can have, you know, I've seen large law firms that, you know, say we're family friendly. And what they mean is we sort of give you some vacation times. So you can go home to see your family after you've worked 90 hours a week. Okay. Um, it means your your family is out there and other people are taking care of it because primarily you're here. Because you get gotcha. paid enough to hire, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but ask them what it means. Yeah. Ask, your, yes. ask the company, what does it mean to you to be friendly? Family nice. friendly. 
Okay. So, so going explore what Karen's talking going about. back to that like reentry process, which I know you know, Karen, you take the lead on. What are some of the things that you know you work with people specifically on to to help them kind of adapt to the new situation? Yeah, absolutely. So working, um, one thing that we do is we do reentry coaching for the people who are actually returning to work after a leave of absence, um, and so that's usually a pretty structured program where we focus on helping the employee to reorient to themselves as a professional. Okay. Because they, when they left the workplace, they were the professional they were and then they went into a position where they had to play a different role for a period of time focus on being whether it is a daughter who's caretaking for a parent whether it is a, a father who's caretaking for a child um, they had to be in that role for a while and now they're coming back with a dual role these two roles that they've had are now intertwined um, and we help them focus on how to make that interconnection happen okay so we talk a lot about what is your purpose what do you want to do in the world with your work Okay. Um, what do you? See, what are your goals here at this company? Do you see yourself becoming whatever position within X number of years? What's your path to get there now, based on the new constraints that you may have with your life, or based on the new things that have come to your mind? Um, we give them sort of the room to breathe around, not just expecting, oh, you're back, let's keep going. Sure. Because that, that a lot of friction can happen there if they've changed during the time that they've gone, if they have new ideas of what's important to them. Um, it helps them reintegrate that all together. And so that's a really big thing we do is individual reentry coaching for individual um, employees. Okay. Now, you mentioned an amazing thing about goal setting, you know, in that process. Is, you know, part of what you do trying to make sure that they have realistic goals or is it kind of just making sure that they still have, like, goals in general or talk about that a little bit more? Well, I, you know, I had said recently when I was doing a talk and I we were talking about reentry, and I said, just because it is time to go back to work, it doesn't mean you're ready to go back to work. Okay. So many people who are reentering into the workplace for various reasons, they're not really ready. Many are. Many are like, get me out of here. Let's go. I sure. want to go to work, right? But many aren't ready. And I love Karen's metaphor of the soft landing, you know, an airplane landing. Because like she says, you know, when you're in the air, when you're on leave, um, air pressure changes, things, you know, things change. And so when you're landing, your ears are going to pop, kind of essentially, <laughs> right? And you're trying to figure out that soft landing. So so to reorient to goals, it's not about are the goals the same? Are they different? Are they right? Are they wrong? Are they this? Are they that? It's just what are they? Okay. And let's start to have those conversations again and reorient your mind to be back in this space because just because you are back doesn't mean you're ready to be back. Understood. So we want to support that transition in being ready to be back and starting to begin to look at your your work and your goals in a different way again. And sometimes those goals are short term. Yeah. Depending on yeah. the person I'm working with, we might say, we use the word I think at Honey a lot, right now. Yes. Right? Right. You don't have to say, you know, where if you're not sure where you want to be in five years, if you know where you want to be in five years, let's talk about that. But if you're just not sure why you're even back to work and what to do next, let's set a short term goal. Okay. What project are you working on right now and where does that need to be in a month? Nice. Right, so getting it, the scope of the goal will depend on sort of the orientation of the employee coming back to work. To have a one-size-fits-all policy, everyone's going to come up with their five-year plan, will not be useful for everybody and may contribute to the overwhelm. So we meet the yeah. person where they are, um, and we have goal setting because it's very important for that reorientation, um, but it may be a short-term goal. Okay. Now, does the, typically the reentry coaching happen before they go back to work, after both? What is, what is like the typical 
things for It depends. Agents. So we help companies tailor brand on brand programs. Okay. So it depends on their brand, which is a really vast word. Um, but essentially, if there is an organization that wants the re-entry, which, you know, that word could shift depending on where they begin, right? So does the program start right when the person announces that they're going to become a parent, right? And then they then they are filtered into this into this program sure. um, in which they get certain support and certain things, you know, whatever these conversations begin. Um, or, is it a, or is it a program that begins right when they come back and you sort of let them be and leave them alone during their, their leave, right? Some, some companies, not that you're adding work to their plate, when they're on leave, but if while they're on leave, there could be support given so to to, to sort of prime that foundation for coming okay. back. Um, and so it, it has nothing to do with the content of the work, but essentially the process of supporting another human being who's on your team. Um, so it can it it can start at any time that is appropriate for the brand of the company, which takes a little time for us to sort of unearth and and diagnose yep. <laughs> as far as what, what's going on with that company. Um, there are certainly companies that say, on your first day back, you start with your session with yeah. the reentry coach. You know, that's how it works. Um, and some it starts earlier. And one of the things that really impressed me about what you guys do is, is it's not a cookie cutter program right. for every company. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys take a little bit of a deeper dive look for what is going to work with that company, the types of workforce that they have, yes. uh, demographics, things yes, like that. Yes, absolutely. Correct? I think that's one of our, I mean, one of the most important pieces of what we offer is um, there's so many companies who think, well, we are not family friendly unless we offer six months paid leave, you know, or whatever it is. And that's not right for every company. And we mm-hmm. understand that and we support mm-hmm. that. There are reasons. I mean, we're entrepreneurs. So we understand layers and layers and layers deep in so many of these companies. It started with someone. Yeah. It started with an entrepreneur. They had an idea, they built something, and they built their brand. Their brand was developed based on value system and foundations and ethics and 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 you know mission statement and purpose and all these things. And if we just slap on a policy on top of every single company that is the same, that is completely disrespecting the brand that has been developed. Mm-hmm. So we met with a company recently, and the first thing the guy said was, "We're very traditional." Okay. And what I heard him say was. This is a scary meeting to have. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he thought that I was gonna try to like you know tell him that he was gonna have to provide baby carriers for all, and everyone can bring mm-hmm. their baby up to six months to like come and be in their cubicle with them or something. Sir, we're gonna so, need you to start wearing makeup so you can understand everything. Right, that, all the things. It's crazy. So, okay. so this is not a one size fits all. So I said to him, "Great, I'm so excited to learn about what that means to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that we can develop something that is." perfectly appropriate within the brand you've developed and understand maybe there are parts of the brand that could use some dusting off Mm -hmm. and let's talk about what that might look like and let's take the very gentle and mindful steps towards the goal and what that what that looks like i love that because when you when you don't just take the cookie cutter and rubber stamp it for every single company and you're adapting it to them you know what you're really doing which i know is part of your guys mission is helping to change the company's culture around yeah and that is one of the biggest things going forward is we've had multiple talks where if people don't buy into the programs if it doesn't Mm -hmm. have support from the top it's not going anywhere and that's true for any other type of wellness eab well-being programs that go on 
with what you guys have been doing with all sorts of different companies, you know, where would you like to see the shift in a lot of corporate culture go to be more open and understanding and accessible to families? Um, I know it's a big question. It's a big question. <laughs> I, I would love for the person being interviewed not to have to ask the question. Okay. I would love for it to be part of the interview process, right? Um, in, on job fairs, you see now everyone has like, we provide medical, dental, vision. It's like, that was a cool, new, awesome thing at one point, mm-hmm. right? It's pretty expected at this point for certain job levels. I would love for it to be expected. I would love for it to be not do you have a family-friendly policy, Mm -hmm. do you have programs, but what are they? Tell me specifically what you offer. And I'd love to see, um, you know, modern upcoming professionals um, sort of looking at jobs based on um, not if a company offers these kinds of programs, but but which of the programs are most exciting for Mm -hmm. them. And I think those programs are going to be attached to their brand. Um, which I think then creates buy-in. Um, it's really important. I mean, we talk about it, honey, all the time. My team, like, they love the brand. They believe motherhood is not a competitive sport. They believe in taking care of the people who make the people and understand why perinatal mental health is at the foundation of things. So they understand the brand and the messaging. Um, and all the things that we do at Honey as a team and provide are part of that brand. They are born from that brand. So if I'm hiring someone to come in, they're going to you know, understand the policy and therefore buy into the brand. So I would love to see that shift um, be made from um, exciting to expected. Okay. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I'd really like to see in addition to those things, absolutely, is um, more of a shift of the responsibilities for developing yeah. a leave plan and for developing what are the family-friendly things going to look like. Shift that responsibility from the individual employee to the organization. Yeah. I don't think human resources or management needs to say, these are the there's only three types of leave available. Pick one, and we're going to force it on you. However, I also don't believe that it's the responsibility of the employee to do all the internal Googling to find out what's going on. I don't believe that we should have organizations where two people in the same department end up with two vastly different leave arrangements because they happen to talk to Bill and Sue instead of Sarah and Tom. Uh, okay. um, yes. I believe that the... Um, employer is responsible for setting up here are the different options for these different kinds of job levels um, in a way that says I we're here to support your career goals we value you as an organization we've invested in you and we want to continue to help you grow um, and so just as a matter of course here's the handout on how you apply for leave when you apply for leave who you tell what steps you need to take what's available to you um, and so it just takes away some of that um, that decision-making stigma or decision-making fatigue. Sure. Um, it takes away some of the stigma. And because when it's the responsibility of the individual employee to arrange his or her own leave, there is often an, um, on the part of their teammates an impression, well, this person asks for too much. Yeah. This person is demanding. This person is this. And a resentment builds yeah. when it's an organization telling everyone in the whole culture, mm-hmm. hey, guys, this is what happens. This is what we do. Then it's just, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Right, and I need to see the upper level executives and management taking advantage of these leaves, the same level that their subordinates take these okay. leaves. 
because so many people have the option, and I'm using air quotes, um, <laughs> <laughs> for leave, and they choose not to take it because they believe, rightly or wrongly, that there's a stigma around even taking the leave. This is particularly true for fathers who have paternity leave available. Okay. Um, if we see the executive taking the lead on respecting work-life balance for their own selves, that's going to trickle down the organization much faster than someone in HR saying, here's what I think we need to do. I want to rewind because you said something that, to me, was completely different um, as somebody who doesn't have kids and hasn't gone through the process, um, and also tied into something that you also said later on with resentment, is you had mentioned earlier that if somebody had talked to you know HR representative Bill and yeah. Sue, another one's talked to Amy and Joe, that they would get two completely yes. different things. Is, this, is that a common thing? Yeah, we yes. are... We are, we harp, I mean, listen, I'm much more of a rebellious spirit than Karen is. <laughs> However, one thing that we really fall in the line on and with this is we are obsessed with policy okay. around this. Not just like, that would, that's cool, like sure, like Mike is cool if I work from home on Fridays, no problem. Is that, that's great. Is that the policy? Because if Mike is your manager, mm-hmm. And Jane is his manager, and Jane is not cool with working at home on Fridays. Mm-hmm. That erodes the team culture. It erodes trust, and it's just a mess. So we're, we harp on policy, and we've gone to, like, organizations that you would be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> that things are just kind of done, like, sure, no problem. You know, I mean, Honey as a space is a really small business. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a small little family owned, you know, like kind of thing. And it's like, it's very, I call the people of my team, like our family. And and I can see just in a small little business how easy it is for policy to unravel. For and sure. how just like, oh yeah, no problem. Or this is happening. Oh yeah, no problem. Or, yeah, or no, or yeah, whatever it is. It's just like, well, what's the policy? Yeah. What's the consistency? Consistency is, I mean, if we're talking about parenthood too, sure. I mean, consistency is what creates that ability to have freedom and love and creativity yeah. and growth. And playing so, favorites. Like, right. you know, tie, yeah, tie it into the parenting thing. If you let one kid do something yeah. and then you punish another yeah. kid for doing it, that's unfair and it goes above and beyond creates with coworkers. Rivalry, yeah. Right? That creates difficulty in the workplace, which then HR managers are dealing with the complaints around that. So it's just, it's, it's like this really bad cycle that companies I don't think realize um, is happening. And so to develop these things, these these unsaid rules that have been going on anyway, yeah. well, let's create them into policy. And if Jane doesn't like the policy that Mike has been cool with for the last three years, then we need to do a, a manager training around okay. what the policy is and to not only tell them what the policy is and send a memo, but, but train them on why. Yes. You from know, a brand perspective, why are we developing this policy? I couldn't ag- I couldn't agree with what you're saying more. And one of the interesting things is every time I come away with talking with you guys, I, there's always like one like very small, simple thing that I learn, and I will go <laughs> talk with somebody else about it, and I will throw it out there, and their head always just kind of like explodes, and you see that like <laughs> oh moment on their face, because people think that when they have to reintroduce these new policies or you know these new things to make themselves more family friendly, that they're these huge yeah. sweeping things, right, right? As you mentioned, like that one traditional HR director mm-hmm. said and the other time you guys were talking with me you said something as simple as 
oh, we have, you know, one of the companies that we work with have the day that they come back always be Wednesday of the week. Mm -hmm. Because that way it's like a shorter work week, it's not a full work week, and just like, and that's just a set thing that the company does. Like, Wednesday is free. Yeah. Like, Wednesday doesn't cost any money. No. A Wednesday policy is free. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, and I think, and Karen and I talk about this all the time, that the HR teams, the wellness teams, the benefits teams that we are working to work with, we're you know growing to work with and, and connect with, they have responsibility to, de- to do these things on their own and mm-hmm. it's very forced through the trees, right? They're in it. So what we love doing is going in and talking to people and being like, this is really cool. Yeah. We get to help you, and it's not going to be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But you're going to look like a champion because yeah. you yes. know we're going to help. We're going to help you develop this policy, and you don't need to put our name in lights. You don't need to send our picture to the memo. Mm-hmm. T- you know, we don't need anyone to know it was us. We just want to come in and and help get to know your company. Come from the outside perspective. Make some simple changes and some simple tweaks. Um, diagnose if there is a deeper issue mm-hmm. and what we need to do about it. If there is, shift some communication. You know, and really, it's um, it's it's not that difficult to do. I mean, this is what we do, so sure. of course we don't think it's that difficult to do. We love it and thrive on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really difficult to do if you're in it. In, oh, for sure. You know, when you're dealing with a thousand myriad of other things that you're supposed to be developing. Yeah. So, um, so to shift the expectation of of these HR benefits development, you know, awesome professionals who are trying to do it all and to have some outside support is really um, somewhere that we want to th- see things going, of course. Yeah, and I love it. Just that simple fact that it doesn't have to be pulling teeth. Right. It's not reinventing right. the wheel. It's There's a couple simple things that might not cost anything, like you said, yeah. Wednesdays don't, um, to help really make companies much more family-friendly yeah. for this part. Yeah. So what I wanted to like kind of finish and ask you guys with real quick is simply like, you know, right now, Honey has one physical location. You're working with dozens of different companies, you know, all around Michigan and probably nationwide as well to talk mm-hmm. with them. The goal for the future, where, where are we thinking for everything? <laughs> future like that? world domination exactly. of all Basically. mothers and fathers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that is a awesome, giant question. Um, I like to pose the huge yeah, questions. Yeah, the huge you questions. Know I, you know, I think that, um, I think that let's, okay, let's use Karen's um, great uh, feedback on one thing. So short-term and long-term goals. Um, short-term, I see Honey growing as a space. Um, we're expanding our Ferndale location right now. Okay. Um, and we'd love to be in other locations um, near and far. Um, so we can start with that. As far as the movement of Honey and our corporate consulting and the culture shift, I think that we are really, really aware of keeping our finger on the pulse of the culture shift. So we want to always stay a few steps ahead of the culture shift and um, really work to be part of the movement towards helping that to happen, towards leading that down the path. So um, so I think Honey has a brick-and-mortar space, co-working with childcare. I think it's growing. There's a reason we have some special sauce, and that's why Honey's working and all the things want to grow it as a space. Um, and then our corporate division is really going to be able to utilize the growth of the brick-and-mortar mm-hmm. to hear more from all the moms that are coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we have, co- we have uh, 
focus groups all day, every day. They're mom's groups, right? Without yeah. revealing anyone's private information, we hear what they're saying, We and we are heeding the call, and they are telling us before they're telling their workspace, so or their workplace, um, and so we can heed that call and stay a step, of, a step ahead. So um, I mean, the future is growth and understanding and integration of family into life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Big answer for a big question. Hey, that's Absolutely. what I was looking for for that part. Perfect. So um, what is, we'll obviously post this all below in a link, but what is the best way for somebody to reach out to you in case they want to work with you or they want some of the revolutionary ideas? Um, yeah, I can be reached at Karen at honeyformoms.com. Yeah, and I'm Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E, <laughs> at honeyformoms.com. Perfect. And yeah. now you guys have an Instagram and a Facebook yeah. and everything else Instagram for Instagram is at Honey for Moms. Facebook is Honey Space for Moms. Um, and, yeah, I think those are our two things. LinkedIn, we're both on LinkedIn, all the things. Perfect. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, Brooke, Karen, thank you guys so much for coming in yeah. today, for doing the training and Thanks sitting down and taking us. your time with me, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Thank so. you. Thank you. No problem.